0: Hi, everyone. I hope that you guys are thriving. Someone said that to me the other day, and I cannot tell you the amount of joy it brought to me. And I hope it brings that same joy to each and every single one of you who takes the time to listen to this podcast. I hope that you guys know that the fact that you guys actually put so much time and energy into listening to this podcast and some of you with submitting your stories means a lot to me. But with that, that means I also have to be very honest with you. I don't think there's any other way. I believe earlier in the year I let you guys know that if I didn't basically change the way that I create these episodes and how I host and schedule the episodes for you all to hear, changing it to one time a month, I was not going to be able to do this anymore. I, I knew that in my heart. Um, I feel like it's very strange. (laughs) I feel like my spirit guides and the universe in general basically go, um, the, the easiest way for me to explain it is that there's levels, almost kind of like Donkey Kong, right? Or any puzzle game out there. You go through this one level, you ace it, it's amazing, it opens a brand new door and you're like, oh shit, this one is completely different. Everything is wild and crazy and now he's throwing barrels at you and you weren't expecting that from level 1 to now level 10 and oh shit, now you have to hop over these things and little monsters pop out and it's a whole brand new circus, basically. And I feel like this podcast, while in my mind I had created it all for you, this is something I've said numerous times, it helped me tremendously. It helped me sit back and go, oh, hey, look, I really do all of these things. I really have to connect with all of these sides of myself. Like, This is actually extremely important, and I can't believe that I thought it was a great idea to just be like, mm, or that any of the spirits around me were gonna listen to me because they they did not. And so when I first started the podcast, uh, I had a lot of doubt. I was uh, very unsure. Um, I did a lot of tarot card readings on whether or not this is a good idea. And basically in everything that I was told was, yes, it's a great idea. Go ahead. You're on the right path, right? So in my mind, after that, that kind of made me think that okay, well, this is what I'm gonna be doing for like years. Like that's this is what I am supposed to be doing. Um, I've always wanted to be able to help and inspire people with my voice. This gives me the opportunity to do that. I'm moving spirit in with it, with it, which is amazing. Um, I'm working with the universe, I get to touch every single one of you that listen. Like, this is everything that I wanted. And then it wasn't. I can't entirely say. What made me get burnt out? Um, But for the podcast, you have to, and, and for all of you to know, if you run a podcast similarly to if you run a YouTube channel or anything else, there are going to be facets of your quote unquote brand or business that you do that you may not like. And I'm an introvert. And so I don't like any of the social aspects of it whatsoever. I really don't. I am not into it for social media. Creating content every single day to put out to market basically is not me. I'm also not a marketing person. I didn't mind creating the actual images and imagery. That was fun for me. And it was really great to like see this like vision come to life and share it. But I think there's like an intention behind that. So if you listen kind of carefully to what I had just said. When you do a YouTube video or you do a podcast or anything for your business or brand, you have to market your content, which means you have to create imagery and create these posts and essentially advertise and market your intention behind that is to get more people to come to you so that they will see your information, you'll get likes, follows, and shares, and then more people will come on top of that and you'll become even more popular and more popular, you'll see your numbers go up, you'll start getting sponsorships, you'll start getting all of those things. That's the intention when you do it that way. Versus, you know I had this really great idea today, I wonder if I can make it. I got a couple extra minutes. Okay, log on to Canva, for instance. Canva was my go-to for everything on the podcast. You know, grab a whole bunch of images and stuff, move everything together. And was it like, you know, an A-plus in graphic design and I was going down in Hall of Fame? No, but I had fun. And then I had fun sharing it with people and being like, hey, I, I made this thing and maybe it'll help you. And that was the only intention. The only intention was to be able to submit that out to someone so that whoever needed it at one point would come across it and they would feel something from it and it would help them. Those are two very very different and very separate intentions. And I think that the intent of, for all the money that I put into this podcast, I need to do something to try and recoup it because at this point I'm really not and Um, on top of that, my salary has changed, which means that I truly don't have the funds to pay for this. So I'm really going to have to like get hard and dive down on marketing and advertising and all this other shit to try and get a sponsorship or a network deal or something and hope to the gods that it works out because if not, I'm not going to be able to do this anyway. Well, even with that, that wasn't the intention that I wanted for this podcast. It was never the intention I wanted for that podcast. For, that was never the intention that I wanted for this podcast. And it made it feel, it made me feel dirty when I had to do that. I, I can't tell you if it was just that. I feel like it was more that I just got to this point spiritually where I just said, this is not what I meant to put my time into anymore. It's just not. Numbers, advertising marketing, whatever it else it is, which I barely did to be honest with you to begin with, um, but even just the daily having to sign on the social media when I'm not a social media person, um I'm not an extrovert i like I like quiet, individualized, deep conversations, and that's what I appreciate about being on like a Facebook or Twitter or something like that. However, it takes a really, really long time to get there. And you kind of have to find your right, like, Um. somebody named this podcast as a tribe for them at one point. And essentially, that's what you have to find. You have to find a group of people who you feel comfortable with to begin those conversations. You don't just like walk up to someone one day and go, hey, you, what do you think about the universe? Like, You don't get to have those conversations. And those are the kind of conversations I want to have. I don't, you know, when I ask someone, how are you? I truly care about how are you? Don't give me like, you know, a a surface level answer. If you're having a bad day, like what's going on? Like I, vulnerability and deepness and honesty in that level is extremely important to me. And if I can't display that with people or I feel like I cannot find people who I can have those conversations with, and they feel comfortable displaying it with me, it almost feels like the act of me trying to pursue this item is not really true to me as a person. And I think that's just basically in a in a very long answer. I think that's just what the podcast became. And I don't know if it was ever reflected in in any of my episodes. I don't really think that it was strongly, but... I do know somewhere around, like, October Halloween-ish, a lot of people fell off from the podcast and listening, which is perfectly fine, Um, but it did kind of hit me, because I was just like, that was around the time where I felt a little bit different, and I was like, oh, like, are people, like, hearing this from me? Am I putting this into the, the episodes? And so that was really important to me, like, to make sure that I was giving you guys, like, the best I could and everything that I could. And I think it just was the universe just going, hey, you're done with us. And even with that, I still didn't want to let it go. That's why I moved to doing monthly episodes to see maybe if that would help me get to a place where I could balance this in my life. And unfortunately, I just can't. And so this is a goodbye episode. Now, before we get to that information and kind of go more through that, um, I did promise to post the Patreon episodes. And so my goal is after this, we'll see how well this holds because I just had a fight with YouTube. This is my second fight with YouTube this month. I won the first one and you can bet your ass I'm going to win the second one. <laughs> Actually, technically no, know that would be three fights. I've won two out of the three now that I think about it. Um, but I plan on posting all of the Patreon episodes and posting them all at the same time this episode goes out. So that way you're going to open up your downloads and be like, holy shit, there's like 11 episodes. And the purpose is, I don't feel right like holding that contact back from you guys when I said that's what I was going to do. And I also don't feel like it's right to delay it either. Um, In addition to that, posting a True Crime episode last month really was weird for me because this is not what this podcast is for and especially with everything that's going on right now obviously it's completely up to your mental health and how you're doing and it's not my job to essentially look out for you and I I know that and I understand that but I am a mama bear and this is like my project and so I do feel like for listeners I am supposed to protect you guys from that and and I am supposed to be candid about that with you all so that is part of why I want to post them just all at the same time. So everything goes out, you guys all get a copy of it. um, And it'll all be there. Additionally, I am my third fight with YouTube. I'm currently working on migrating all the old episodes that are posted onto my spare YouTube page. And which has like a bunch of like it has like when I play games and shit and like my writing and outlining or whatever it's not it's it's just a home for videos that's it there's nothing else but that way again if somebody needs to find it one day and my journey through this helps them then that's why I want this to be available that's what this podcast was supposed to be for so now that I've said some of that um there are some people that I do want to shout out here just really quickly for their support and their kindness. Um, Mark and Carol Phillips, I thank you both so much for supporting this podcast and everything that you have done. Um, I know I've been a quieter one, so I'm not sure if that's really come across too strongly for either of you, but especially because I know how much you guys have going on and, and some of the things that have been going on in your family, but I appreciate both of you for giving me the opportunity and the chance to be on your network. You guys do an amazing job. Carol, I appreciate you for constantly being a supporter of this podcast and bringing me up to Mark, um, which was so surprising and so endearing to hear. And I truly, truly thank both of you from the bottom of my heart. Um, Ed from October Pod, you guys have heard me talk about him a lot. Um, he has been... Especially with the change in the schedule. He has been someone who has constantly reached out to me to just ask me if I'm doing okay. Which really surprised me. Not because I don't think Ed's a, a great person. He is a, an amazing person. It's because I saw kind of everybody else sort of fall away that I wasn't expecting that from anyone. And and I wasn't too I wasn't expecting it to begin with, but it was just it made it even more shocking when he took the time to do that so often. Um, And I just, if I can recommend any podcast, please listen to his. The amount of work and time and effort that he puts into that podcast is incredible. Um, On that note, I would also like to recommend Real Life Ghost Stories. Amazing podcast. Amazing, amazing podcast. Emma, Dan, and Bim are the greatest and especially with everything going on the fact that they are incorporating even more episodes that they're dedicating even more time to this podcast they have the they have the ability and capability to spend more time with us and put so much more into this than I unfortunately do right now and especially with everything that's going on and I listen to them even though I used to only listen to and I and I used to swear I was going to stick with us, I would only listen to podcasts when I was at work, which we're all working from home now, and I work a job and where I have to spend a lot of time communicating with people and so I don't always get to listen to podcasts, but I do actually still listen to theirs because it is so good. Also let's not meet podcasts. listen to that one a lot too, so I'd like to recommend it and Lastly, to Jittery2 and to Laura, um, I thank you both for constantly being a support of this podcast, um, for your diehard commitment to it and to me, and to be honest, this episode hurts me the most to to let you guys know about, to, to be honest, because you guys have supported it in such a severe and high way, and um, I hate to tell you that it's, it's closing, but I did kind of forewarn you guys earlier in the year, so hopefully it won't be too much of a surprise. So now that I've said all of that, I do want to share a couple of stories that I had gotten, because I told people to send them, and they sent them, and they've been in my inbox, and that just doesn't feel right to do to anybody. You spent the time to type it up. Like... Hey, we're here. We're going to share. This is from Abby Pierce, and it is titled A Ghost Named George. Heya, here is one of my many stories encounters. I will send more over after this one. This happened approximately 2012 to 2013. This is 110% true. It was witnessed by multiple people. I will never forget it. So it is up to you if you believe it or not. I moved out from home at 17 years old. Like any typical teenager, I moved around with mates to numerous rented Properties. Can I just pause to say I love the word mates? I really, really do. I love it. Anywho, when I was 19, we moved into a property in Ongar, Essex, United Kingdom. I may have said that incredibly wrong, so I'm sorry. The property was an ex council house. I lived there with a mate who we will call B. B and I lived there for a few months together. Nothing really strange happened. The odd thing went missing and would turn up a few days later, and we had a couple of power cuts, but nothing I would say unusual. A couple of months later, B suddenly moved out. She had some money issues and had to move back with family. This meant that I was alone at the property until I could make arrangements for another friend to move in with me. I was okay by myself at the property. I am not easily scared and usually enjoy my own company. I also had a spaniel named Charlie adorable who made me feel a little better slash safer. Then things started to get strange. One evening, I was watching TV downstairs when I heard footsteps upstairs. It started in one corner, my bedroom was directly above the living room, and went across the ceiling to another corner. Suddenly, Charlie jumped up and started barking. I freaked out a bit and looked up the stairs and couldn't hear anything. I nervously brushed it off as the neighbors and the sound must have just echoed making it seem like it was coming from upstairs. I carried on watching TV, soon forgot about it, and went to bed. That night, I had terrible dreams and woke up sweating on numerous occasions. I thought it may just be because I was scared that evening. My mind must be playing it up. The noises of the footsteps then continued for a couple more days. I also had a light sensor at the top of my stairs, which came on when it sensed motion. This came on by itself one night just after the footsteps. Nope. Nope. Negative. That is a big ball of nope right there. I freaked. I would have too. (laughs) I ran out of the house and called my friend. My mate's mom, we will call Kay, was into the paranormal and had a lot of knowledge and experience with the weird slash unusual. They lived close by, so they kindly offered to pop over. The second she entered the house, she could feel another presence, and at that moment, the footsteps raced across the ceiling and a bedroom door slammed shut. (laughs) Kay advised we go outside for a few minutes, and she went into the living room while my friend and I waited. We waited around 10-15 to minutes, and she came back and told us to come in and sit down. Kay explained to me that the entity was called George, and he once lived there with his wife. She wasn't sure where his wife was, important, as I will come back to this later, but he was frustrated slash confused. She said she wasn't able to make him leave, especially not today, and offered me to stay around theirs for the night. I grabbed my stuff and dog and off we went. The next day I came back with some advice from Kay. She advised for now to keep all the mirrors in my house covered, so I threw bed sheets over them all, especially the one facing my bedroom door. Kay explained to me that mirrors act as a portal from this world to theirs, and if it faces an open door, this is often seen as a welcoming to spirits and makes it easier for them to cross. So we're going to pause here for a moment because I've heard that. I did not know about the way that it faces, but there is actually a lot of lore about one, mirrors being like doorways to entities, and two, other items and objects having to face doors in a specific manner. Um, and it it makes sense because mirrors hold your reflection. You spend a lot of time in front of a mirror when you're getting dolled up and on the scrap. Um, there's actually a thing, and this is actually something that my husband very strongly believes in. And he's not like a ghosty paranormal guy. He has a really big thing about never crying in the bathroom or in front of a mirror. That's his, that is his thing. Like if I ever am crying, he's always like, you better not be in the bathroom. (laughs) Like he's going to go comfort me, but he's like not there. Like this is like, this is like a staple of our relationship is that I will never do this in the bathroom. I can't tell you why this is his thing, but it's his thing. And I will say that I have had to like board myself up in the bathroom before and cry. And there is a, there's, there's a weird feeling when you look into your eyes while you're crying from a mirror. I can't really explain it to you, but there's like a very strange feeling there. Um, and it would kind of make sense that if you think of mirrors as portals for of which spirits can come through, and you are someone who typically attracts spirits to you based on the light that you have and the abilities that you have, that it would be very easy, especially when you're down and upset and crying and heartbroken, to attract them in that time and space and into your bathroom with you. All right, going through the rest of this story. The next few weeks, I heard the footsteps often. Doors creaked and opened, closed, lights flickered, TV changed channel, amongst other things. So this makes sense because if she closed all the mirrors, but the ghost didn't have a way to get out from the way that he came in, then he's going to be even more annoyed and cause, and be more noisy because he, like you closed off his way to get out and his way to get, get back in, which he obviously is not going to appreciate. It also goes on to say that... However, the strangest thing is, although I was scared, I never felt threatened or in danger, which is a feeling I've had before when encountering the paranormal. My friends and family witnessed these strange going-ons, and my father actually became quite nervous in the property when he visited, especially when he had to go upstairs by himself. A few more weeks went by, and I had just finished a shift at the pub. I was working. I got offered a lift by my mate, Dan, whose Nan, whom he lived with, was driving. As he pulled up at my house, my aunt goes, oh, I didn't realize you lived at the Marines. Can't remember the exact name. She used to live here with her husband, George, until he passed away and she moved to a care home. Dan and I looked at each other with the same expression of shock. I got out and I think it took about another five minutes to work up the courage to go into the house. When I did, I asked the questions like, is your name George? Are you looking for your wife? She isn't here anymore, etc. I felt the room go cold and I felt a sudden gust of wind go through me. The room then went back to normal and I didn't hear anything for a couple of days. Kay, my mate's mom, came back over a couple weeks later to see how things were going. She straight away said she can still feel his presence and went upstairs to my room. She sat down on my bed for a few minutes and then told me that George was still at the property but no longer looking for his wife. She said he knew she was no longer there, but he had grown attached to me. She spoke out loud and said he could stay as long as he behaved. I honestly at this point thought I was going insane, and that everything else around me was mental. She soon left, and life went on as normal. The noises continued, things still moved here and there, and the light upstairs still randomly came on. George usually had the most activity when guys were over. I just assumed that he was most protective of me on these occasions, which was funny because I am gay. Female. One night, a maid stayed over and slept in the spare room, and he woke up to scratches down his chest. Oh, shit, okay. I told George, again thinking I must be insane, this was not acceptable, and I will arrange for someone to come to the property and banish him if it continues. As weeks continued, I also found myself saying hello, George, and goodbye whenever I came in and out of the property. Soon the activity came less and less, but I often had a small hint that he was around, like a simple reminder, and I actually started to feel quite comforted when home. One day when I went to my mate's house, Kate told me he had followed me there. But as her house was often blessed, he wouldn't have dared step inside. Great. Now I have a ghost stalker. (laughs) Anyways, after a while, I moved out of the property and moved 250 miles away to go to uni. When I left the property on the last day, I had a feeling of sadness overwhelm me and I actually felt like I lost someone close to me. And although I was excited slash nervous about moving, I felt more lonely than ever. Of course, this feeling didn't last forever, but I still, to this day, talk about my experience and often wonder what had happened to George. I hope he moved on because I did. I have lived here for nearly five years now, and nothing extremely unusual or paranormal has happened in my house. I hope you enjoyed my experience. So thank you very much, Abby, for sending this over to me. I completely believe your story. I think it's really great that you were able to verify the facts from your um friend or, or your friend's mom, Kay, and um your friend, Dan's Nan. I think that's very cool that they clearly didn't seem to know one another and they could both verify that, oh, you know, this is the name of someone who lived there. So that was really, really cool. Um, I don't like the scratches on the chest thing, though. That's never something that I appreciate, but I like that you handled it in a way of where you said, hey, look, this is not acceptable. Don't do it. And obviously nothing threatening ever happened to you. Maybe it was just an overprotection type thing. Um, And I hope that he moved on too. So now I have another, um, it's a topic to discuss on the show. And it's from Jolene uh, Montoya. And they say, so I have a family background of witchcraft, Santeria, Wicca, etc. Now, I know I have a gift, and I am also an empath, but I am just barely getting in tune with my gifts. But I have a 10-year-old who I have a strong inclination that she is a stronger witch than I am. She can see and talk to spirits. It still scares her, though. She is also an empath, and it causes huge frustration on her part. I am an empath, but since as of late, which is why I started to embrace my spiritual path, have become so saturated that I physically feel ill. I would like to know how you learn to create shields and how should I go about guiding my child in a way that will help her grow and become more aware of who she is without scaring her or manifesting something since we are both are in the green as far as knowing what to do with our gifts. So I am first off so sorry that I did not see this earlier because this was submitted back in November so obviously I'm quite late um and I wish I would have responded in an email or something at that point in time when I saw them but when submissions come into this, to the show I don't read them at all um I'll only read them if I notice that it's like two sentences which seems like you know really small for a submission and then I'll see like oh you know maybe it's like a, somebody wants a response or they have a topic or something so I learned to create shields <laughs> from Charmed <laughs> That was that was where I first actually saw it. I want to say that one of the characters creates a shield around the girls. I just thought to myself, well, you know, Charmed in itself obviously is a TV show. There are certain items of witchcraft that are correct in the show. Not everything, not a large majority, but there are some tiny little things here and there. And I got inspired where they made a shield and I said, oh, well, if you make a shield that no one can hurt you, I wonder if that would work. I wasn't even really sure if it would work, but essentially what I had, I I initially started creating the shield from within myself out. And I've always felt that that's the best way to do it because I found that sometimes when I just create a shield around me, that means that I am shielding myself from things outside but I didn't let anything that was inside out this is sort of my same like debate on cleansing and clearing and when you should do one or the other so what I just imagine is kind of almost like think about when you blow a bubble right when you blow a bubble through a little like bubble wand it kind of like starts in the center and then it blows out and out and out and maybe that's a good way to kind of explain it to your child get them a bubble wand and basically just have them imagine they're the little um, area of the wand and they need to blow this bubble out and around them to encompass them and that's essentially just what i started doing so it was always like if you would imagine yourself laying down because that's not only really i would make a shield was at night before i went to bed i knew i was able to protect myself when i was awake but when i was at night i was more vulnerable And I knew that. So I would just imagine myself in whatever position it was that I was in and that I would imagine from, let's say, like the middle of your body creating almost like a rippling shield around you like a bubble because I used to call it my bubble all the time. And when I was a kid, apparently I always acted like I had a bubble around me. And if anybody invaded my bubble, I would like freak the fuck out as a child. Um... So I would imagine it as a bubble and then it would just get bigger and bigger and I would imagine it encompassing my entire body and the radius of myself around me about like three feet or so. Obviously you don't have to stick to that. That's not entirely really important. But what's important is that you get yourself and kind of like a perimeter around yourself and you don't have to imagine a specific color. I have seen where my bubble takes on its own colors. Um, I've made it take on different shapes. So it will be my bubble, but then there will also be like almost sort of like a Rubik's Cube of shapes around it. So it can be like another diamond, another bubble, a square, another bubble. That's very intense and um, normally not necessarily needed. But as long as you can basically just get, get a big shape around you of a circle, that's all you really need to do. And you have to think when you're making this bubble that nothing can scare you in the bubble. So maybe try to tell your kid like um like a bedtime story or something, right? And in the story make it where this person creates a shield around themselves. And when your child is like, "Well, what kind of shield or something like that?" describe a circle of a bubble. And that, you know, all the monsters, all the bad things, all the things that your child is scared of um cannot touch you in that bubble. That's really what's important. It's the intention. It can be whatever shape you want it to be, but it that's the intention and as you practice that more and more, you'll get more used to creating it. Apart from that, um I would say that both for you and for your child, it's going it sounds like you guys are very strong empaths, but because you're not like used to it or used to having to deal with it necessarily, that it's kind of hitting you guys out of, out of left field. And what I would say is be very careful and cautious and kind of, um, I don't know like how calm your child is, or like maybe if you might think you could get them to do some sort of like a meditation maybe, or, you know, just get them to like sit quietly for a couple minutes. She's 10, so maybe she might be into it. Um, but, she and you are going to have to learn how to understand what your emotions are versus what somebody else's emotions are. Um, That can be through meditation. It can be through deep breathing. It can be through writing down sometimes how you're feeling in the morning and when you come home, how you feel and maybe just talking about your day. Um, Like let's say if your child comes home and she's really angry and you feel that from her, make sure that it's not affecting you. So the biggest thing that I learned for me for being um an empath was to understand what are my feelings versus somebody else's feelings. And I always imagine that as a door. So I imagine my I imagine that part of my bubble essentially is like an inside door. I have an internal door and that door stays closed. And that door is is access for other people to affect my emotions. And if, now, the way that that door opens, though, is if my emotion matches someone else's emotion, as well as my thought process and intention of, oh man, I hate that this person feels this way, and so I feel sympathy and empathy for them, that's how that door cracks open and then sort of lets in other people's emotional um, feelings, So maybe try to also incorporate that and try to talk about, you know, you are, you are capable of feeling your own feelings, um, and understanding them and don't, you know, don't let other people kind of affect your, your day or, or bother you with your day. And that sounds like a very like generic thing to say, but it does actually have a very profound effect. That's what I had to understand when I first started was like, Not letting other people bother me and then i was like okay then after i had that thought for such a long time i was like what is it exactly about them that's bothering me though like you know what i mean like where is this coming from and then that's when i began to put two and two together and be like oh okay it's because i'm an empath and this person's angry and they're projecting that out so strongly i feel it because i'm so sensitive that i'm going oh man this person's so angry Oh, look, and you got to make sure you just don't take any of that. So I hope that information helps you. Um, there's also quite a bit of um, Facebook groups online that have information for empaths um, and FAQs and things like that, too. So maybe that might help you as well. OK, so we have another story, and this is from Adrena. Thank you for the pronunciation. I appreciate it, Smith. And it says, I have a few things, actually. It was all in the same place that we lived for only about a year. It was an apartment complex, by the way, and I'm not sure how old it was. And I don't really know how to look up history on buildings, so if you have advice about it, I would absolutely love to know. Gotta be honest, I really don't. I tried to look up advice on my house that I grew up in that was haunted at one point and gave up very quickly. <laughs> but I will say that um, you can... Most counties and things of that nature have a property tax record, and those are available to the public, and so you can pull things up from there. Obviously, though, it's only as, as far back as they have records, so it may not go very, very far back. It it's so, okay, so my son was about six months old at the time, and he always stared at the hallway down by the bathroom and occasionally would smile or laugh when nothing, that I could see anyway, was there. I always felt like I was being watched, more so when I was alone. My husband and I would be on the couch watching TV, and occasionally a pot, pan, or bowl would fall on the floor in the kitchen and honestly freak us out. I also want to point out that these things that would fall on the floor were not in a place that they would possibly slip or fall easily. One morning, my husband couldn't find a certain shirt that he needed for work, so I went in our room to look for it, and he went in the kitchen to put his boots on and finish getting ready. I was facing the outside wall with my back to the door looking for his shirt, and I saw a shadow. So I started talking. I can't remember what about, but I got a little irritated that he was ignoring me. So I turned around and he wasn't there. So I got a shirt and went to the kitchen and said, hey, I was talking to you. Why do you walk away? He said, what are you talking about? I was never over there. I was in here putting my boots on. So I asked, so you never came into the room or hallway while I was getting your shirt? He said, no, I didn't. I never left the kitchen. I used to be a smoker. We quit about two years ago now. Congratulations. So I'd be right outside the door. We had a balcony and glass door. I would hear footsteps in our living room. My first thought would be, oh, it's an apartment. It's probably someone in the hallway or something. So I'd check every time I'd hear it, and nobody was there. Granted, it still possibly could be, I guess. But how it sounded, it really sounded like a man walking in my living room right by where I was outside. You could hear it clear as day, so I don't know. I can't explain the feeling, like I actually do believe it wasn't anyone else in complex making these sounds. That is all of my story for now. Also, I want to say I'm still new to your podcast, but so far I'm loving it and you have an amazing personality. Thank you so much. I look forward to catching up on the rest of your episodes. Your story on episode um 11, maybe, anyway, loved it. Made me cry a little, but it was a really good story. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, I definitely believe it was a man. Now, I know that I tend to be partial to believe everything, which is the case. Um, but when you have things moving um, immediately that I'm just gonna go with as a ghost. Unless there's someone, I mean, there are cases where people have, like, hidden themselves in walls and somehow moved around, but I also don't think they would call attention to themselves where they're like, yeah, let me just randomly drop a pot and pan just to, like, fuck with you. Like, no. So I would say, yeah, it's probably a man, and if that's how you feel, like, go with your gut. I believe in you. Go with your gut. couple more stories. One is from Sylvia. This is first off, I do want to say I really enjoy your podcast and hearing your experiences. Thank you. I've experienced the paranormal from my childhood even to now. This story I'm about to share is an experience I share with my daughter, who at the time was about three years old. At the time, we were staying at my mother-in-law's, who lived in a very small apartment complex. Two apartments on top and two on the bottom, and the same across the way. In total, there were about four apartments altogether. At the time, no one was home besides my daughter and I. I just finished dinner, so I called my daughter to come to the table. As she comes to the table, she tells me that she saw a little boy. So of course I ask her, oh, you did, baby, where did you see him? Here. He's at the table. (laughs) Ah, fuck. I really didn't think much since she is so little. She continues to tell me more about the little boy. He says him and his family live under the ground and they aren't happy everyone's living here. At first I was a bit surprised by what she just told me. So I tell my daughter that the little boy needs to go now so she can eat her dinner. She tells me okay and starts eating. So, I get up to turn off the TV, and something pulls up my hair and barks in my ear. So loud, my ears begin to ache. After that, I just had this yucky feeling in my gut. I told my husband what my daughter told me and what happened to me. He just brushed it off and tells me, there is nothing to worry about. Later that night, for some reason, I woke up to the feeling someone was watching me. As I sat up, I saw the little boy at the foot of our bed, but this boy has eyes all over his face and body i don't like this story i don't like this story at all all right let's continue just eyes no mouth or nose just eyes i told her to go home and went back to sleep when i woke up the next day i was shocked of just what i saw and how it just wanted to scare me but i've learned from past experience never to show fear and that's how they feed it was something I never thought my daughter would have to experience. Something of which I've been going through and now she is. I hope to teach her how to perfect herself and never be afraid. And so always love. I don't like that story. I don't like the story at all. I don't know how I feel. Okay, so there's like a common thought that like when you see a child ghost, it's not a child. I can't say I've seen many child ghosts that I can think. Can't, I can't recall any. And I don't think I've seen any of my, that I've shared in the stories in the podcast. Um, but I appreciate the fact that it said it that they lived underneath the ground. And it sounds like it just got mad at you because you were like, you need to go. And it was already pissed off that people were there. Um, but like how far it went to freak you the fuck out was just unnecessary and does not make me feel comfortable at all. So I don't know what that was. Maybe it was a little kid and he just, like he said, they, his family, you know, maybe he had the ability to channel the rest of his family too. And that's why they all showed up and looked that way um, in The Little Boy. But that just, mm-mm. that, I don't like the way that makes me feel at all. I must say all of these stories feel very, um, they've been giving me the shivers, which is typically why I go fuck. That's my that's my natural reaction after I get the the shivers from the story is to say fuck. So uh, good job, guys. Good job. I don't know if that was your intention, but if so, you succeeded. It's freaking me the fuck out. All right, another story, and this is from Courtney. Oh, <laughs> this one is titled "They Call Him the Hat Man." <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Well, I wanted stories. finally got them. <laughs> all right. This one says, Hello, Melissa. I just found your podcast, and I'm really excited to share my experiences with you. Thank you so much. Um, And I just, so you guys know, I am clearly kidding. I appreciate all the experiences, even when they, they don't freak me out in the terms of they scare me. They freak me out because they feel very tangible enough for me to get the shivers that run through my body. And I don't like that feeling. Um, So that's where my, you know, um, mm, weariness comes from. Um, but all these stories are really, really great and very well written, which I very much appreciate. I have a lot of stories to share, but I'll start with this one. I have experienced sleep paralysis often throughout my life, especially in my high school years. The story is set only a few years ago in my early 20s, however, when I explored New Zealand on a solo trip adventuring down the east coast from the northern tip to the southern tip. I'm going to pause here for a moment to say I have a weird fascination with New Zealand of where I really, really want to go there. I've actually thought about, like, moving there, either New Zealand or Iceland. So I think it's amazing that that's where the story takes place and appreciate very much that you sent it in. About halfway through, I ended up in a town called Napier, where the National Aquarium of New Zealand is. I was only there for two nights because I was really only there to see the aquarium and move on to the next town. I booked a room at a motel quite a walk away from the bus stop into a quiet residential area. I walked into the office to check in to find a solemn, quiet child playing with with toys in the corner. Such creepy scene, I agree. (laughs) A nice man with a severe limp walked out of the back room to meet me and show me to my room. They had actually given me a large suite with two rooms, even though I only booked for one person. I stayed in the room in the very back down a small hallway. On my last night there, I checked the door three times—yes, I have OCD—to make sure it was locked and went to bed. Throughout the night, I was having a recurring nightmare about my teeth rotting out of my skull and chewing on them. God damn, that's a horrible nightmare. I am so sorry. There was an awful bitter taste in my mouth. I kept waking up from said nightmare, only to find myself paralyzed every time. I was surprised, as at this time in my life, it hadn't actually happened in a while. During my paralysis episodes, I felt a pressure on my bed and noticed a small, delighted terrier puppy of some kind jumping onto my bed, licking my face and jumping back down in repeated circles. That's new, I thought. Then I noticed the man looming in the corner. Great. You know, Courtney, when you wrote this and you included these little comments, I just want you to know that that's how I feel too. I'm on the same path as you right now. I completely agree 110% that why the fuck is there just like the puppy? That's extremely new. Never heard about that in sleep paralysis. It's good, though, that there was something positive. And then, of course, you have the creepy man in the corner. So thanks. That's great. He was tall, wearing a trench coat and an old style hat, kind of like a fedora or like a detective's hat. And no face. Just a blurred shadow where one should have been. I wasn't scared, to be honest. I've experienced things my whole life and adopted the just don't look method. (laughs) If you don't acknowledge them, they leave you alone. Well, usually. He didn't do anything, and I did not react. After one of the weirdest nights of my life, I woke up the next morning to get ready for my bus. I shrugged it off as a hallucination since I was in limbo between a dream state and waking. Then I heard a man's voice in my room. What the fuck? <laughs> Courtney, can you, can you please do me a very big favor and write a book? Because you have a way of perfectly stopping in these that I truly, truly appreciate, and I would buy that book and read it. Going on to the story. Hello. I realized the manager came into my room because I had told him I had planned on leaving earlier in the morning. I apologized that I would stayed later than I had planned. He said, no, no, that's fine. I just came in because the front door was wide open. What? I told him I locked it. I knew I did because I checked it three times before going to sleep. My mom turned me into a paranoid freak, and I had almost gotten kidnapped as a child. What the f- What type of life have you left, Courtney? Oh my goodness. So I know I made sure that shit was locked. He asked if I was okay, if anything had been stolen, and I was fined, and nothing was missing. After an awkward pause of us just staring at each other in an easy surprise, I said, Okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and leave now, and thanked him for his hospitality. It wasn't until I was on the bus that it hit me that maybe I wasn't hallucinating. I ended up Googling it sometime later, typing in sleep paralysis man, and Google finished in hat for me. Thank you, Google. Oh shit. Apparently, people all over the world had seen this man, but their stories were much more terrifying, darker, and even violent. He feeds off fear, they said. I thought it was interesting because they all described him as wearing black and being dark, but he appeared to be much lighter to me. I think maybe it was because I wasn't scared of him, and that little puppy was there to help me not be afraid, and that may be why he left the door open, a final fuck you on his way out in an attempt to scare me one last time. Or was it last time? It may have been a this isn't over yet, because I think he did visit me almost a year to the day later, and that time was a little more violent, possibly a different entity, as I couldn't see who was laughing as they were trying to crush my chest because my eyes were covered at the time. What the fuck? I woke up extremely sore the next day. Anyway, I hope you liked the story. Sorry if it was a bit long. I like to set the scene a bit, you know? Yes, I do, and you did an amazing job, and please do not apologize. Holy shit, there's so much in that story. Okay, so let's talk about this. Shadow people, including the hat man, falls underneath a shadow person. Um, There are shadow men, shadow women, shadow children, and in my personal opinion, People have varying opinions about this, but in my personal opinion, and I have spoken to and heard a lot of people who agree with us, there are different levels of these entities. Some are meant to be extremely violent. Some are not violent. Some are just there to scare you. Some are there to warn you. Um, it's a range of different things. So I have had an instance with a shadow man who wore a hat. He did not wear the detective's hat, he wore top hat. And that motherfucker was going to hurt me. Like I knew if I made a move out of, I was up, I was awake, I could see him. I was sitting up in bed. I knew that if I made a move out of that bed, he was going to hurt me. And I think part of it is because when I had set my shield, um, because my mom and I were sleeping in the same bed, I had set the shield around the entire bed. So that area was protected, but I didn't necessarily set it around me. And I think that's why like that was my safety zone. Um, but I'm so happy that it didn't hurt you. I hate the second part of this where it maybe visited you a year later. I wish the dog would have come back. Oh my goodness. So, um, first off, I'm really happy you didn't get kidnapped. I'm happy that you clearly, um, are still alive. I'm happy that, your chest did not get crushed. I really hope that this guy has not come back to bug you again. Um, I would also recommend maybe uh, take a shower with some salt, rub it all over yourself, and say that you wash away all negativity from around you. It's a very good, easy way to cleanse the body and cleanse the spirit. So maybe do that to kind of help and make sure that that thing doesn't come back to bug you ever again. And I thank you greatly for submitting the story. And our last story for the day. This is from Julie, jittery too. It says, hey Melissa, I recently had a new experience that I wanted to share with you. Last month, I was able to go visit my grandson. My car had been acting up, so my brother let me use his so he could figure out what was wrong with the old girl. I had five great days hanging out with my only and favorite boy, Winky Face, (laughs) but got a message from my brother that Coralie, my car, was dead blown head gasket i was ready to cry because that old buick had literally saved my life during one of the worst times i've ever had to survive needless to say she and i have had a great bond sounds crazy but that car kept me alive and going at a time i no longer wanted to live it does not sound crazy and i'm so happy that it did i got back to alabama the next evening and my brother had his dad's old mazda ready for me to use while we search for a new vehicle. It's been several years since I've driven a stick, but I took off like the badass old bitch I am. <laughs> Got home safely and texted my brother to let him know I'd made it and how much I loved driving a standard. His response was, now you know why our dad loved that old car. <laughs> at a doctor's appointment on the 29th in Birmingham and began noticing a strange wispy whiteness out of the corner of my eye every time I was out of light, when I would turn to look nothing would appear in a different area. I was confused, thinking something was wrong with the car. Two days later, I was headed to the pharmacy and there it was again. All of a sudden, I knew what who it was. No car trouble at all, but my dad trying to get my attention without freaking me out. I just said, get in, pop, let's ride. And no fussing if I check it occasionally. He's been riding with me ever since. He always made me drive him around just to make sure I hadn't forgotten how to drive the way he taught me beginning at age nine. Damn. Times were different then. 100%. Oh, God. (laughs) Some of the people today learned how to drive at the age of nine. We would have way more car accidents. Um, so I guess some things never change. It happened so soon after my decision to open myself back up after all the years of slamming the lid on all those gifts I had as a child. I could always sense things, but didn't visually see them because I was terrified as a kid. I consider this such a gift, and it has changed my attitude toward February. For the 4th, I decided to honor my grandma and my soulmate dog. It was the anniversary of their deaths, and it was a good day. My dad's death date is coming up on the 26th. Guess we'll just go joyriding so he can critique my driving. It's a beautiful thing to no longer hate a whole month out of the year because of losses. Sorry this was long-winded and a bit scattered, so feel free to whittle it down if you want to use it. Thanks for all you do. Julia, that was a beautiful story. Also, you're adorable. And I am very happy that you don't hate that month. It's very easy to hate time because of death, holidays and things like that. And anything that can help you not feel like that is so incredibly important. So I'm very, very happy for you. And lastly, I'm gonna share a couple stories that I've had during the lovely time of working from home. I've had a couple of entities visit me. It's been a little strange though, because typically, entities can't stay in the house for very long. But with all the death that's going on, and I have a particular role that I act whenever there's deaths going on and things like that, and I will guide spirits to wherever it is they need to be. Um, and I will do so a lot of times when I actually reject at night in my sleep. And so um, between that and the Relationship that I have with death. It's very easy for uh, different items to kind of stay around me or try to be with me Um, And I'm used to that but typically the house doesn't let them stay. My house is very positive It's very light-filled and it typically does not allow other things to stay But I think that because with everything that's been going on um, And all the panic and everything I think that while the house is doing everything that it possibly kind of can um, and the animals outside are too, because they are freaking fascinated with me lately in the house. Um, I think that there's just some things that are kind of going to stop by, which is normal. Um, but I think that they try to stay a little bit longer than they need to. So the first one was, I knew there was something in the house and I know when there's something in my house, like it doesn't mean that I see a, a spirit or ghost It doesn't even really mean that I feel them. I just know. I can't even really explain to you. I'll just, I'll be on the phone with my husband and be like, there's something in the house. i would be like, okay. So I normally, when this is the case, it's a, a bug, like a spider or a frog or a lizard, something like that. But I specifically felt like, I actually even, I was sitting at my computer and had a vision of Catching a bird in the house, which there's no way a bird can get in the house like that. So it was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Then I started paying attention to the birds when they were flying outside. I had a weird fascination with the birds and they had an extra weird fascination with me because they were loud as fuck at night. (laughs) It was, it was insane. Like they've been insane around the house, but I, there would be like a bird that would fly by or something. And it's just something about the shadow that didn't make me feel like it was a real bird, like a living bird. And I was just like, what the fuck? What is what's going on? Like. And this happened over a couple of days, maybe. So for the most part it was outside, which is fine. I don't give a shit if something's outside, as long as it doesn't hurt my land in any way or tarnish it. Um but the birds seemed to be fine with whatever this thing was. And so it eventually passed from being outside to being in the house. And I started seeing a shadow of something flying around in the house. And based on how the windows and everything are, and initially I was like, well, maybe it's from outside. And I was like, no, 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 this is something in the house. So I said, all right, I've about had it with this. So (laughs) I I just kind of spiritually detached from myself a little and looked around the house and it was a little bat. It was, it was a bat ghost. um, And it was actually really cute. And it wasn't harmful or anything, but it was a shadow of a, of a bat. um, And all I did was I caught it in my hand and I said, you don't belong here. And I kind of bridged the gap between the inside of my house and the outside of my house and kind of like let it go out that way and shine a light on it so that it would go where it needed to go. And I flooded the whole house with light. Everything with the whole house with light. Because I knew that it just kind of came in because of the light in the house. But because I was removing uh, an energy from the house, I wanted to kind of re-establish the energy within the house. So that was the first thing. Then, mm, maybe two days later, I started smelling smoke. Like cigarette smoke. And a lot of people are home. A lot of people are like, you know, doing their thing. And, but I was like, "Uh, no, there's something. I said, there's another something in the house. And it was to the point that I actually remember at one point, I got concerned someone was living in my attic. Like, I just very strongly sensed a man who smoked in my home or near my home. It was not in the area that I was in. It was not in an area that he could access, but it was near my home. And he wasn't bad as far as spirit goes. He just didn't really have the best type of energy. It felt like he had a really, really hard life um, and didn't really know where else to go and had just kind of decided, hey, you know what? You seem kind of nice. so I'll just sort of take up a residency here. He wasn't doing anything horrible or bad or affecting anything in any way. I just couldn't stand the damn smell of him smoking. That was That was the biggest thing. And also, I don't want energies to hang around me that are not mine spirits do get confused. They do, um, hang around me sometimes because they're like, okay, well, you know, everybody says go to the light. Well, you're a bright light. So why can't I just stay with you? And you know, I can talk with you and you can hear me and see me. Like I get a companion out of this, which is very sweet. I appreciate it, but no, you have a place that you're supposed to go. Just like I have things that I have to do. And that means that I cannot sit and, uh, share the space with you basically um and I also don't want to share the space with you because I don't want to invite more more things to come in so it got to the point that one day um and and again the I had already cleared sort of the energy in the house and cleansed the house so it wasn't it wasn't in the house it was just near the house it was near the house enough that it was affecting my senses on a physical level and um he was kind of strong and so one night maybe like last week or so, it was maybe kind of close to the full moon. Uh, I just looked towards the, the sliding glass door in my bedroom and I could see with my mind's eye a energetic field of a man. And he was just made up of energy and he was just standing there like looking at me and smoking a cigarette. And I was like, all right, you, I said, you gotta go. I was like, nah, you gotta go. You gotta go. Like, you're not staying here. You know this. That's why you can't come in the house. So you need to go. And he he was trying. He was trying to come into the house and couldn't really understand, like, similar to a bubble. He was trying to figure out like how to like pop the bubble. And I was like, nah, you're not popping the bubble. You're not welcome in the house. Um, I said, you know, I appreciate you for stopping by but i know that you're confused and there's somewhere else for you to go. and so i i just sort of said that in a in a stern voice and um kind of opened up the fields for him to be able to leave and he walked away and he kind of walked out. i don't necessarily think that he went to where he was supposed to go. i just feel that he left my property. and that's enough. um you know with ghosts sometimes you help them move on to where they have to go other times they don't want to so you just help them be a little bit kinder and maybe not as loud and noisy it just really depends on the ghost the bat it was very easy he just i just told him to go and he was a sweetheart he wasn't doing anything bad i was just like you are super super active and you really want to be in here and you really want to be with me which is very sweet but that's not i am not your home like you have a place for you to go And it's the same thing with the guy. So those are the kind of spirits that I've had around lately. And I'm sure I will have more. There's a lot of things going on in the world, obviously, you guys are all aware of. And that creates an uproar of energy. And it makes it so the energetic practices that you used to focus on and do so much of maybe don't work the way that they used to. And you kind of just have to bump them up. It's like a little boost that you got to give them. But yeah, those are the stories. Those are my stories. And I'm going to give you guys something that I learned this week. I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to read a quote for you. This quote I came up with the other day, which was, Find yourself to be brave enough to always be inexplicably you. Whether that garnishes you with a crowd of adoring individuals or down a path that is dark and lonely, be brave at all times so that you will never lose the home within you. You are your own home. You know, um, you can have other people who bring you peace and and serenity and calm, but you have to love who you are and you have to love yourself and you have to love what you want to be. And in that way, you have to be your own home. And I hope that for all of you, especially during all this time of of worry, stress, pain, fighting, arguing, distress, all these negative emotions, I hope that you're able to take a moment to remember and remind yourself that you are your own home and that you are capable and worth of love. And whether someone agrees or disagrees with you or whether you guys can see eye to eye or whatever the case may be, be brave to be you and be brave to feel like yourself. And be brave enough to be vulnerable and be open and be honest and find peace in yourself and in others. Have that compassion and that hope and that drive to have those things. Because this is a point in time where we are all going through the same things and we're all changing in different ways. And we're going to have to find and dig deep, really, really deep sometimes, to pull out those positive emotions. And if there's nothing else that I can share with you guys or nothing else that I can tell you guys from this podcast, especially on today's episode, our last one, find that in yourself. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Please love yourselves. Take care. Be safe. Have a good day and a good night. And for the last and final time that we will say on this show, don't let the ghost or the negative bullshit out there get you. Bye.